coming from white women that I have supported saying that when they invest in programs, they're looking around the rooms, be it in person or virtually, to see who are the other people in the room. And if it is just people who look and sound like them, they do not feel satisfied. They feel like they're missing something. It's not, it doesn't feel right anymore. And this one, I must admit, it caught me by surprise because my response was, wouldn't you then feel more comfortable that you're within, you know, your group, your people? And I was like, no, Annie, after doing this work of racial inclusion, my awareness is so heightened that it feels very, very uncomfortable to just be in a room where we're all white women and we're all expanding and growing, knowing that there's groups of other people who do not have these opportunities and we're not doing anything actively to get them here. To represented the podcast. I'm Aniki Shiru, racial equity coach for online business owners who want to be intentionally inclusive by building a business that is racially equitable. I created this podcast to normalize the conversation around racial inclusion so that fear is no longer the barrier that gets in the way of doing this work. This isn't about perfection, it's about progress. Whether you're taking your first steps or you're well-versed in the journey towards racial equity, this space is for you. So welcome home, friend. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode and today we're talking all things predictions and I love a good prediction episode because it allows you to kind of think about the future and how you can future-proof your life or your business if you can. And the beautiful thing about predictions is that whilst they're not set in stone, they're such a great opportunity to improve where you're at in your business. And specifically today, going through my predictions about racial inclusion in 2024, but it's not really closed into 2024, it's into the future as well. And so, as I said, these are just likely projections. We don't know if they're going to happen or not, but there's a trend based on the conversations that I've been having with my clients and based on where I am seeing the conversation online going. And so take this as your opportunity to think about the areas in your business where you might be overlooking the ways in which you can do better. So prediction number one, racial inclusion in your program. That is something that more and more discerning buyers are going to be looking for. Does your program, whether it be a mastermind, whether it be a course, whether it be a group program, whether it be a membership, is there racial inclusion in your program? And let me explain this. Coming from white women that I have supported saying that when they invest in programs, they're looking around the rooms, be it in person or virtually, to see who are the other people in the room. And if it is just people who look and sound like them, they do not feel 
satisfied. They feel like they're missing something. It's not, it doesn't feel right anymore. And this one, I must admit, it caught me by surprise because my response was, wouldn't you then feel more comfortable that you're within, you know, your group, your people? And I was like, no, Annie, after doing this work of racial inclusion, my awareness is so heightened that it feels very, very uncomfortable to just be in a room where we're all white women and we're all expanding and growing, knowing that there's groups of other people who do not have these opportunities and we're not doing anything actively to get them here to these positions that we have or these tables that we are sitting around. And that really surprised me because I thought it was just us speaking as a Black woman, a Black migrant woman, I thought that this was just a conversation that was happening within people of color communities. But because of those who have invested their time and their money to do racial inclusion work, these are the effects, so to speak, where you begin to notice certain things. You walk into a room and you notice, hey, we're all white here. What's, what's the deal? What's going on? And impressing it upon the people who are the organizers and the people who are putting these programs together to know that we are looking to be in spaces where there are people who come from different backgrounds. Because as much as I am paying for you to support me as, say, the host of the mastermind or the host of the group program or membership or whatever group program it might be, I also want to learn from the people who are around me and get that diversity of thought, which brings me nicely into prediction number two. Buyers will be looking for diversity of thought and perspectives through the resources you share with them, be it in your group program or you who is maybe a one-to-one -one coach. They will be looking for that diversity of thought. What kind of resources are you sharing? What kind of extra things are you sharing with them to go and better themselves? So for example, you're a life coach and you're supporting your client to perhaps lose weight. Case in point, you share with them, okay, here are different resources that can help with your mindset. I recommend this video or I recommend this book. How are you sharing resources that don't only center one voice? Are you doing the work yourself so that the resources that you're advocating for, the resources that you're vouching for and sharing, coming from diverse perspectives and voices? And we're also going to see that increased need of the people that you're surrounding yourself with in your business are they people who come from racially diverse backgrounds in your support coaches, within your team, the people who are supporting you and they may be client facing or even behind the scenes? Because this is also another area that can really support you as an online business owner when you have a team that is racially diverse because they're going to voice things that you as potentially a white person may not see. You may not always think that perhaps we could do better in this area. And one of the biggest myths I see, and I'm digressing here a little bit, but one of the biggest myths I see is online business owners saying, we are so diverse. We have people who uh, are signing up for our programs and they're coming from different racial backgrounds. And that means we're inclusive. Not necessarily. 
Just because you have people who are signing up from different racial backgrounds doesn't mean you're being inclusive. It doesn't mean that they necessarily feel welcome, they necessarily feel valued, or in fact that they are seeing the results that your program is promising simply because there are extra barriers and challenges and setbacks that they do experience. And so Going back to the fact that having a team that is racially diverse allows you to have a more open perspective, a more inclusive lens when it comes to your business operations, when it comes to how you're interacting with your clients and the kind of experience that they end up having through your support. Prediction number three. I foresee more advertising to countries where the people of the global majority are located. So not just the usual countries where we see a lot of advertising happening. And by advertising, speaking about things like Facebook ads, where we see people picking countries such as the US, UK, Australia, Canada. And by so doing, you're really speaking to that dominant culture that is potentially more and more white people. So we're going to see a shift where people are beginning to tap into the countries where we know the global majority are. And we're going to see more ads into places like India, places like China, places like, you know, the continent of Africa, places within Southeast Asia and so on, where you know you want to widen your pool and so casting a wider net. Prediction number four. And this one is going to be a little bit painful. So hold on. <laughs> Payment plans that do not cost more than those who pay it full. So we have seen in the, particularly in the coaching space, online coaching space, whereby if you pay in full, you are paying less than somebody who perhaps has a three monthly payment plan or six or 12, however long the payment plan is, there is normally an added percentage on top of that. And the added percentage is normally to cover for the costs of potentially failed payments and having to follow up. But I foresee in the future that we are going to move into a space where those who need the most help in terms of those who cannot afford to pay in full are not being penalized for that that there is going to be across the board the same amount so i shouldn't have to pay more because i cannot pay in full and the more i think about it the more I talk about it with my clients, the more we see the injustice in that. Why is it that the person who is paying more is being rewarded? And they're the ones who are getting the bonuses and all those things that come with it. When we look at it from an ethical perspective, when we look at it from even a human perspective, shouldn't we be helping the least so that we can at least begin to even the playing ground. And this is something that I speak deeply to when it comes to equity. How can we level the playing field so that we are meeting people at their individual circumstances rather than catering to those who are well-to-do, catering to those who can afford to pay in full? And also the 
mismatch whereby somebody might opt to pay in full, but was had there been a payment plan that was at the same level, they'd potentially go through the payment plan. But because they don't want to pay that extra, they, they, they really, really do everything they can to pay in full. And that long term could potentially be something that impacts them financially. So I'm seeing things moving towards payment plans that do not cost more than pay in full. Prediction number five, buying based on how you make people feel and not just based on results. We're seeing a shift here. People are becoming a lot more discerning. It's not so much come work with me and I will help you build, you know, a six figure business or come work with me because this is what I've made in my business or the changes. It's not so much about the results. The results will still be important. But hear me when I say this. What is going to be even more important is how you make that person feel. Do they feel like you're hearing them? Do they feel like you actually understand where they are coming from, the systemic barriers that exist, and how you are well-equipped and skilled to help them navigate through that? How are you reinventing yourself as a space holder to be able to help your clients support them through whatever barriers they have in a way that allows them to feel good, to embrace who they are? We're going to see a lot more of that in the future. Prediction number six, evidence of your inclusion work as a criteria to be considered for an award. As we're seeing more and more awards being the thing that separates others in the industry, you know, award-winning coach, award-winning business, award-winning product, a lot of the criteria will be based on the evidence of the inclusion work that you have done. And so if there is evidence to show that inclusion work is something that you have embedded in your business, it will be a lot more favorable than somebody who has no evidence that they have done this work and not just evidence by something that is just a tick box thing, but through your clients. Is there evidence that you're supporting clients who come from a racially diverse background? What impact are you having on people who come from those who are less served, those who are underserved, underrepresented? Is there evidence to show that you're working with these people? Is there evidence to show, perhaps if you're not yet working with those people, but you are doing this work? Is there anything to show that? Because we are moving into a time where this is a criteria. And if you don't have that, you simply won't be considered as, you know, one of those award-winning businesses. And whilst you're listening to this, you're going like, Annie, I don't aspire to be an award-winning business. Fair enough. But I just want you to understand that inclusion work is becoming more and more of a necessity. It's becoming more of an essential. It wouldn't be about, oh, wow, that's a nice thing to have that, you know, you're being inclusive. No, no, no more of that. It will be like, let me, I want to understand your inclusion goals for 2024. I want to understand what your business is, is doing to be more inclusive. I'll give you an example of one of the students who was inside my program represented they were looking to hire somebody to join their team. And one of the things the person asked was, what diversity, equity, and inclusion policies do you have 
at hand. And she said she was so happy with this question being asked because she was in the program doing represented and could talk about not only the policies that they were working to put in place, but the work that she was doing from a very personal perspective. And that conversation allowed the person who was being interviewed, you know, we're no longer in interviews where you're just interviewing the person who you want to hire. The person who you are hiring is also interviewing you as a business to see, are you a good fit? Are you a business that is aligned with my values of inclusion? And would I want to show up and do this work together in a business such as this? So this, I believe, was such a big deal maker for this particular student in her business as far as inclusion work goes. Okay, let's do a quick recap of those six predictions for 2024 and beyond. Number one, racial inclusion in your business. Is there evidence to show that there's racial inclusion in your business by the clients that are signing up to your programs? Number two, diversity of thought and perspectives through the resources that you're sharing with your clients and the support team that you have on board. Prediction number three, advertising to countries where people of the global majority are located. So not just the usual USA, UK, Australia, Canada. Prediction number four, payment plans that do not cost more than those who pay in full. Prediction number five, buying based on how you make people feel and not just results. And lastly, prediction number six, evidence of your inclusion work as a criteria to be considered for an award. Okay, so now, do you want to ensure that you are being as inclusive as you can with your online coaching business? If you do, then I would love for you to check out my brand new free resource. It's the Inclusive Business Audit. It's a template that supports you to assess the inclusivity of your online business head over to anigishuru.com forward slash audit. That's anigishuru, G-I-C-H-U-R-U forward slash audit. A-U-D-I-T. A-U-D-I-T. We are represented. We are represented. We are represented. Thank you so much for tuning in. Why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave a review so this podcast can reach more online business owners and together we can begin to normalize racial inclusion in the online coaching space. I'd love to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where this podcast episode was recorded, the Wiradjuri people in central New South Wales, Australia. Music produced in Nairobi, Kenya by Patrick St. P. Mbaru and Kambua Mathu. Vocals by Joanne Matata. Represented from coast to coast.